This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. I'm Emma Choi, and welcome to Everyone and Their Mom, a weekly show from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This week, we're talking vegetables with Wait, Wait panelist, comedian, and a man who I feel like should really be named Samuel. It's Adam Burke. Hi, Adam slash Samuel. <laughs> Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for coming. And I'm so excited to talk to you about this fun story. And that sounded sarcastic, but it wasn't. Okay. So when we think of people in medieval times, we usually picture them eating lots of juicy turkey legs, right? But a recent study found that they actually didn't eat that much meat. They actually mostly ate vegetables. Oh, that kind of ruins every sort of Game of Thrones type movie because, you know, you want the king like chomping down on a giant turkey leg. Yeah. Not just sort of like picking some carrots out from his teeth. I know, like... Like, Adam, scientists analyzed over 2,000 skeletons and probably turned up a ton of ghosts and found people during the medieval period, including royalty, mainly eat vegetables, bread, and cereal. So think less sausage McMuffins, more rutabaga frosted mini wheats. <laughs> Historians think that some of the extravagant food lists they found may have just been just bragging. So it's like, so yeah, so those menu lists were just like the Instagram. Yes. Of, Yes. Yes, there were the old foodies. (laughs) Right. Well, speaking of turkey legs, Adam, have you ever been to medieval times? I have been to medieval times. Yes, me too. Oh, my God. Okay, (laughs) can can we describe this? For for anyone who hasn't been to medieval times, I I feel like we have to really make sure everyone listening knows what a weird liminal space medieval times is. (laughs) How would you describe it, Adam? Uh, It's great. It's NASCAR for people who really dig Henry V. Yeah, yeah. Upon St. Christmas Day! It's bonkers. Okay, so my school brought us for, like, we went on a school field trip to medieval times, which is, like, nothing about medieval times is historically accurate. Not even the $40 (laughs) turkey legs. And, like, each section gets, like, a knight to root for, and, like, the black knight is the evil knight. Yeah, they need to update that. They've got to update medieval times. Big time. Yeah. And if it was accurate, it would be, like, so disgusting. There'd be pee everywhere. There'd be dead bodies. Everyone would stink. And also, no one over 30 would be there because they all died from the black flu or whatever. <laughs> I, went one, I went once in Dallas, and it was so funny because it was just so funny to see the knights. <laughs> the knights would hang out in the, like, by the gift shop. Yeah. Um, they were just, like, they were, like, <laughs> waiting to get hit on. <laughs> and they were just... and. Someone came up and asked them for an autograph. <laughs> do, do they sign it as their real name or as the Green Yeah, that's Knight? what I... Well, you know what? They signed it with a ballpoint pen, not a quill. So oh I was God. like, straight away, that's some, that's some <laughs> nonsense over there. Can you introduce yourself to us? Uh, sure. My name is Philip LaCroix. I've been working with Medieval Times for almost 14 years now. So what do you do at Medieval Times? I am a knight. Um... That's my my title is senior knight speaking role, uh, but I also do a whole bunch of other things. Do you have a knight name? My name is Sir Philip. Oh, classic. <laughs> Keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. So I've never met a knight before. What do you do as a knight? 
Um, well, when it comes to the show, we joust and we fight. We use swords, bolas, maces, alabardas, which is just like a big axe on a pike. Yeah. We use real weapons. They're made out of titanium. And we, oh my God. we swing for the fences. So you're really jousting up there. Oh, yeah. I notice you have long, luscious hair. Is that for Phil or is that for Sir Phil? Um, I, after 14 years, the line's kind of been blurred. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I... They prefer when I have long hair. Um, yeah. And it saves me money on, you know, barbers. So I'm happy. Absolutely. I feel like your LinkedIn with having like night on it is it's incredible. I mean, if you have a Tinder, that's like the best pickup line in the world. Have you ever tried the line, I'm a knight on ladies? I try not to. Um, <laughs> I try not to lead with that. I, I, uh, I've definitely <laughs> seen bigger heads on nights and it's it's not attractive. No. I mean, you've been living as a knight for like the past 14 years. What do you think we should all do more medievally? Nice. Be nice to each other. Um, We call it um, uh, chivalry in action. But Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many things where just three or four moments where you can just take out of your day and just be take that effort. Be nicer to the people who are around you or when you're Mm -hmm. this is a big one. When you're driving on the freeway and somebody's trying to get over, let them get over, you know? I, <laughs> it's, it seems so small, but I've seen a lot of road rage, myself included, so. Sure. Thanks so much, Sir Philip. An honor to meet you. Right back at you. Thank you so much. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Front Door. We all have that endless home to-do list. Repair the leaky dishwasher, fix the fridge, get the faucet to stop dripping. Get it all done with Front Door, the one-stop home repair and maintenance app. With Front Door, you can video chat with home repair experts, diagnose the problem faster, and cross off that to-do list. Now, when your home needs fixing or maintenance, just open the Front Door. Download and get unlimited video chats with an expert for just $25 a year. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Adam, do you think medieval people were actually much gentler about everything than we thought? Yeah, they probably were. Mm -hmm. Um... I, because all that stuff is like, all that stuff is boring, right? And so that's the stuff that doesn't make it into the movies. But yeah, they're probably like, it's probably like just chilling over a light, you know, beat consomme. Yeah, I feel like, um, especially like, you know, courtly love with like the knights writing beautiful love sonnets to the queens. Like, So do, do you know where that came from, the, the notion of courtly love? Oh, tell me. Um, I'm saying courtly love, not not uh, Kurt Cobain's ex-wife. Um, <laughs> the well, I would I'd always heard that the the notion of love and the notion of romantic love was invented by troubadours. So it was like, so let's say, right, you're you're a king, right, or you're a yeah. monarch, or like you're a duke or whatever, and I'm mm-hmm. a duke, and we have kids, and my kids gross, and your kids kind of boring, um, but we want we want to. Um, uh, connect our lands you know mm-hmm. we want to have a bigger sheep farm so then we hire a dude who's a troubadour and he goes around with like a little loot and yeah. he goes oh this guy's 
this guy's kid is madly in love with your kid. And then and then they we tricked them into thinking they're in love. But it didn't really exist as a concept until they made it up. And it was a way to get to make bigger land. It was probably lots of more just awkward hookups. You know what I mean? Well, I, you know what? Although I've seen a few of those happen at medieval times. It's true. Um, so I, I, was, I heard something about this, like jousts were actually really expensive and they were like a real pain. So you wouldn't really do them that often but like mm-hmm. the way it's portrayed in the movies they would have jousts over like parking spaces you know what i mean like <laughs> i know it seems like they happened all the time but adam back to the story i mean the the fact that they've like tested 2000 skeletons to figure out that they use eat vegetables that feels like made up that doesn't feel real what would to figure out that someone eats a lot of vegetables would you had to really test the skeletons or could you just have like smelled the burial pit? You know what I mean? Like this is this is a very yeah. fibrous community. Oh, they, it smells like Whole a... Foods down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think they tested like the nutrients or like chemicals in the skeleton bones. Well, Adam, do you think skeletons are funny or gross? Because we've been talking about this and we're very split on this issue. Oh, skeletons are absolutely hilarious. Okay, tell me why. Because when you knock one over, it makes the sound of a xylophone. (laughs) That's true. I'm on the side that skeletons are very funny. Just because it's like, look at his face. There's no skin on it. (laughs) And they're in, it's a grin. The skeleton is always kind of smiling. It's almost like the punchline of life. I mean, I feel like skeleton tester has to be the best job description. (laughs) Hello, Sam. Hi. Hi, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So you are Dr. Sam Leggett, the scientist who discovered that people in the medieval times were mostly vegetarian. And we understand that this discovery came from testing medieval bones. So we've been calling you a skeleton tester because that sounds dope as hell. Is that how you would describe your job? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess so. So, you know, usually when I'm at a party and someone sort of asks what I do, I say I, you know, put dead people in acid and work out (laughs) um, what they ate and where they came from. Um, Uh So, yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty accurate. So in your expert opinion, are skeletons funny or scary? Funny. And I think quite nice in a way. Um, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, you kind of get attached to these people. Most of them you don't have names for. And so it's kind of nice mm-hmm. to kind of bring their stories to life. I don't find them scary at all. Can you give us an idea of what like a typical meal would have looked like for a person back then? Yeah. So probably what they did was went out to the back to their garden, got, you know, mm-hmm. they really liked a leek <laughs> in early medieval England. Um, leeks, garlic, any of that, the onions, you know, that sort of family. Um, loved a bit yeah. of that. Um, you chuck it in a stewing pot, probably with some cabbage. They also really liked cabbage and pulses like peas. Um, you can imagine the the flatulence. It was a lot of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not tummy friendly things. Wow. I love imagining medieval people just farting all the time and having pea mash. Oh yeah. It's it's a it's an image, but probably quite accurate. <laughs> Do you know what medieval times is the the restaurant? Oh, I, I have heard about it, yeah. There's like a big medieval like conference that happens every year in Kalamazoo in Michigan. Um, really? And one yeah. <laughs> it's one of the biggest things. Like if you want to go find some more medieval nerds, May in Kalamazoo, in Michigan? Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah. But lots of people 
often then go to that restaurant um, before really? or, before or after because yeah, it's it's not in Europe. So. Can we run their vegetarian option by you and see if it's historically accurate? <laughs> yes, please. Okay, okay, okay. So the vegan option has hummus with carrot and celery sticks with a with a main course featuring three bean stew with fire roasted tomato and brown rice and a choice of fresh fruit or Italian ice for dessert. No. <laughs> Why not? I mean, so so many different things. Uh, Italian ice, definitely not. Yeah, they didn't have ice houses yet. You know that whole like Victorian thing of like an ice house. Um, hummus, probably not. Um, I mean, they would have had things like it. You know, so garlic was definitely around. Um, right. There are other types of like pulses, but chickpeas were probably not in England yet. Um, sure. <laughs> carrots, yeah, sure. What else do you say? Like celery? Brown rice, fire roasted tomatoes, celery sticks, fresh okay. fruit. Fresh fruit, definitely. Yeah. Tomatoes yeah. were not in Europe for another couple of hundred years. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's a definite no. Um, rice, likewise, not in Europe. They should hire you as a consultant and everyone will have any mushy peas the whole time. People aren't going to like that, are they? You're not going like, to sit down no, and watch a, watch a joust and be like, mmm. <laughs> Mush, mushed up peas with a bit of leek, my favorite. Yeah, no. Does anything about studying medieval people inspire you in your actual life? Yeah, like just a lot of their like stories and stuff are just really, really hilarious. And these are these are people who told jokes usually about farts, to be fair. They were very self-aware. Okay. Um, cool. That's it's great to know that the fart joke is immortal. Goes way back. Before you go, do you mind if we fact checked a few things our friend Adam said about the medieval period? Sure. Okay, awesome. I love Adam. You would love Adam too. Okay. The first thing he told us was about courtly love, like dating. So he said it was invented when monarchs' parents wanted to set their kids up with other monarchs' kids so they would get married and everyone would get more land. So they would get like a troubadour to play music and convince the kids that they were in love. Do you know that's true? <laughs> My memory is, yeah, there's sort of that sort of thing in like love games people would play to kind of make themselves sort of be convinced that they really did like this other, you know, very well-bred, very moneyed person rather than, um, you know, the fact that your parents set you up. Yeah, yeah. that's so funny. It's like a really long-winded Tinder, but I guess actually effective. Well, yeah. I mean, if you if you like having half of France, like that's, that's pretty good. If that's your sort of thing. <laughs> okay. The other one we have is that Adam said that jousting didn't happen as often as we think because it was expensive and kind of a pain to pull off. Is that true? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, really? Such a pain. But yeah, really, really irregular. Wow. that's. Cr- I always imagined they were like jousting every day and then like gobbling down a huge pig. But I guess that's nah, all wrong. No. The drinking, they did drink a lot. But yeah, the, the jousting and the pig, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amazing. Okay. I can't wait to tell Adam. In the meantime, thank you so much, Sam. This was not only educationable, but very fun. So thank you. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. We were so excited that Adam's facts were true. We couldn't wait to tell him. Hello? Adam? Hi, is this Emma? Yeah, hi, Adam. How <laughs> How's are you? How's it going, Emma? I'm okay. <laughs> Good. 
Well, I, I wanted to tell you, we um, called a scientist, a, the skeleton scientist, about, um, you know, the skeletons we were talking about. Oh, yeah. But I just wanted to let you know that turns out you were right about the troubadour thing, tricking people to fall in love, and that joust didn't happen that much. So congrats. Oh, wow. Wow, I got something right. That never happened. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, treasure that knowledge forever. I will. I will indeed. Um, and yeah, next time you see a, uh, a troubadour, you know, yeah. give him hell. Thanks for inventing romantic love, you dork. Well, Adam, uh, toodle-doo. <laughs> toodle-doo to you, too. Here's the most old-timey part of the podcast, the credits. This show is brought to you by Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This episode was produced by Haley Fager, Zola Ray, and Nancy Seichow, with help from Lillian King, Sophie Hernandez Simeone this, and all the veggies from Veggie Tales, especially the tomato who was a fruit. Our supervising producer is Jennifer Mills, and our sleep paralysis demon is Mike Danforth. Once again, Lorna White, thank you for helping us with our sound. You're the best, and we love you, especially me. Thank you to Sir Philip for being our knight in shining armor. That's some good stuff. And Dr. Sam Leggett, thank you for talking to us about your work and letting me ask you so many dumb questions about ghosts. No, no, no hauntings. Thank you to Water for being so wet and taking the form of a liquid, solid, and a gas. Who are you? Why you do that? Thank you to my co-host, comedian, wait, wait, panelist, and real good buddy, Adam Burke. I'm so predictable. You can see Adam in person at the Palace Theater in San Francisco on May 27th. I'm Emma Choi, and you can find me at Wait Wait NPR and at the playground, teaching those kids how the monkey bars are done. Okay, I'm done. This is NPR. You guys got a guillotine? Actually, we do. I think. Do we still what? have a guillotine in the in the torture chamber? Yes, we do. You have a torture chamber? Oh, yeah. Is that a special package? Uh, no, um, but it is unfortunately temporarily closed because it's too confined of a space to let people really get into. But eventually it will be opened again. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.